You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. WA. This is the World Football Programme. My, my name is Sean Kelly and I will be your host for the next two hours. Thanks to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful uh, Celtic ramblings. Always good to hear those boys first thing in the morning. Always an interesting show. Um, joining me this morning in the studio is only the, when only the best will do, Hugh Best. Good morning, Hugh. <laughs> morning, Sean. That joke always gets me giggling. There's no two ways about it. I always think, why has he got me again? <laughs> yeah, well, listeners. Yeah, yeah uh, there's the other one, you know. I've, I've, I've had a, a, a drunken night, spent the night with a supermodel. You know, Saturdays always bring out the best in me. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, on the show today, we're going to start off with Aaron Trevathan, who is, like us, a football tragic. Yep. Um, and we're going to be talking A-League, which started last night, and we'll go through um, his thoughts with the A-League for the season, and we'll talk a bit about Daniel Sturridge and what sort of stir that's caused over East, because I yeah. don't think there was as much hype about him as there was about um, Del Piero, but I think we've got a player who's going to have just, as, as, if not the same, if maybe more impact on the oh, league. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see how that's gone over there. We'll follow that up with Tony Sage. We'll be talking to Tony about the, the full house tonight and mm. you know how that would look and creating a demand and market for this. I think one of the things we, we've lacked in this state for a while is you know um, a team that people want to go in and, and follow and you know the whilst it'd be nice to, to fill up to the dreamers, you'd never do that unless you're playing a final. But yep. um, to fill HBF week in, week out, drive up the membership. It's got to be the plan, I think. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. And we, we've had those seasons previously, you know, when we had the, the dynamic duo up front of Maureen and, and Bobby. But, yeah. uh, you know, those, those sorts of excitement machines 
get the turnstiles ticking every time. Yeah, but I think this one, if we get a good start to the season, by the time we get to our next home game, yeah. uh, yeah, it'll be... <laughs> yeah. that, Which know, unfortunately is next year. Yeah, but the, the guarantee, though, that we would have um, a membership... Drive. You know, base, a membership yeah. base that was you know, guaranteeing tickets to people yeah. rather than um, the, the last-minute rush and, mm. you know... Yeah, I'm still not entirely enamoured with the A-League fixturing. I mean, no. eight away games in a row. And of course but a lot of that is down the to the Gowan government, and we'll, we'll yep. talk to Tony about that as well. Yep. Um, then we're going to follow up with Greg Farrell, yes. who is with Futsal West Coast. And Futsal then, WA? Futsal WA, rather, yeah. <laughs> uh, the coming up dinosaur, can I tell you? No, no, that, that, I get picked up every time I make that error. I thought, well, I'll just jump in there. I've got, it's very rare I get the opportunity. Yeah, thanks, Hugh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to finish the show out with Justin Balecki, who is the president of the Albany mm. Rovers, who celebrated a significant anniversary last weekend. Um, and, you know, look, club... At my own heart, I was the vice president there myself for a while, played, coached yep. um, at the club. But it's a, a rich history, and we'll catch up with him about the Albany soccer um, scene down there and, yes. and what's going on um, in Albany because they've, they've been strong over the years and, oh, yeah. and did have a side that was playing in the state league. And whether that's another possibility, well, that's a I'd we can love ask to him as well. Absolutely, yeah. I'd love to see that, that oh, so coming back. As we all, and we, we discussed yeah. Geraldton on, on numerous occasions as well. Look, they're having the regions. We're talking about, uh, there's some talk about Division 3. If you're going to do that, I, th- I think to have some inclusion from, you know, Kalgoorlie, yes. um, you know, Geraldton, Albany would be ideal. You could, yep. you know, representative sides coming oh, up. without a doubt. You know, mm. some of the, the, the smaller places, Donnybrook, they've got a really strong soccer scene down there as well. Yeah, I look and I think, you know, open it up to, to yeah. bring in some of these, these sides that could actually bring up a rep side and, and represent their, their districts whilst, you know, we, we'd state league and that would be still fairly strong sides. But yeah. um, it helps it, grow the, yeah. the game down there. It's going to be uh, down to, you know, if, if that does come off to the, that work, life balance when I was refereeing in Kalgoorlie yeah. there used to be a side from Coolgardie those that uh, you know who were listening to the show mm. previously would know Ashok Parekh and, and, and the city of Kalgoorlie Coolgardie's not that far away it was probably no. about 30 k's west yeah. of, of Kalgoorlie they were in the uh, in the Kalgoorlie Boulder uh, Soccer Association but they had to fold because they were having serious issues again home games Strong side away games, which, like I said, literally thirty k's up the road to to go to Kalgoorlie. Sorry, mate, I'm working that weekend. Can't make it. Mm. So, to get those regionals in, there needs to be that that strong commitment from the playing staff and, and the coaching staff to make sure that they're strong week yeah. in week out. But I think you know, you look at uh, Division Two next year for the state league. Bunbury are back in, Bunbury and back in. you know the the Funbury road trip is always the <laughs> highlight of the year. As you call it, the Funbury road trip. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, at, and that, and that's what it became. And, and look, they're always strong at home because most people's focus wasn't right. the football. But yeah. um, yeah, know, that's, uh, women, yeah. not taking away from them. But um, you know, there was, it was just good. I mean, it's, the road's much much better than it was. Oh, isn't it? Back yeah, when yeah. I was playing, but yeah. Now, when we were again putting the referee cap on, we'd we'd go down there and. Before the the freeway was improved, it was um, yeah, it was a, a bit of a trip. But yeah. now now it's there. It's just jump on the highway, uh, the freeway, and cruise control down. 
Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and then stop off the crooked carrot for a coffee. Oh, quick. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. Come on now. That, that's teasing me. The crooked no, carrot. Oh, no. that's, that was brilliant. Yeah, definitely yeah. stop with the crooked carrot. But, you know, that, that's the whole point. I think we bring in some of that stuff. And I know the, the guys in uh, the amateurs who go up to Lafayama always enjoy yes. the Lafayama trip. And, you know, um, the Lafayama boys, credit to them, they, they're down every that's other right. week. So, right. yep. you know, it can be done. Yes. You've just got to have people that understand, know when they sign up, whether it's 30Ks or a 200K that's trip. That's right. That's what it is. And that's, that's the, the discussion that needs to be had, particularly with a, with a side like Lafayama. You know, yeah. you, you're doing it week in, week out in the amateurs. Can you, can you move to the Division 3 and do the same thing? Yeah. It's down to club selection, really, what they want to do. All righty. We're going to go to a break shortly but, um, and talk to Aaron about the uh, A-League. But yep. um, last night, the A-League kicked off with indeed. Melbourne City beating Brisbane 2-1. Yeah. And I see the Brisbane coach is moaning about the travel schedule, you know, flying, <laughs> flying in three hours before the, the game. Yeah, I mean, it's only a what, half-hour flight or something like that. That's John Aloisi again, isn't it? No. Um, no, he's at uh, Western United now. Sorry, yeah. Mm. Oh, I've forgotten his name now. Um, uh, again, just point him in the direction of the Perth Glory travel schedule. <laughs> oh, no, I think it wasn't so much the, the travel schedule as such. It, well, it was more, I mean, more about the yeah, flying, flying in yeah. three hours before the game and then playing a game and then flying out. And again, that's the, the that, COVID side. That's the way it has side, to be. Yeah. You know, you, you can complain, you can make an excuse. I thought the offside goal was more of a, an argument to be had, but, um, you know, never mind. Hmm. City's second goal, wicked deflection. That, that was disappointing. The keeper looked like he had it covered right until it hit the thigh of uh, the, uh, the, the defender and he's gone, whoopsie, back of the net. Poor bugger. Yeah, oh, look, and, and that's, that's, as they say, that's football, isn't it, you know? But, I mean, City looked good. That front three, gee whiz. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not one of them scored either, so, you know, we're in big trouble if they fire up. I think everyone's in trouble when they <laughs> fire up. That's, that's the issue, isn't it? Um, it's just a case of, you know, you've got to be your best on the day. I think um, in today's paper, good spread in the paper today on the, the glory. Yep. Um, but there was, uh, Stan Lazaridis was saying that, you know, you've got to learn to play ugly away, and he's right. Uh, you could uh, learn to play beautiful football away from home as well. That that also works. Yeah, it does. But <laughs> I think our problem is, and whilst our front line's pretty awesome, again, yes, I is. think our, our defence is where we, we may struggle. So, Well, with Brandon O'Neill back as captain. With yeah, I know. Look, he's that, a that'll good replacement. That'll that up, you'd like to hope. Um, and, and particularly with Brad between the sticks. Not, no offence to you, Liam. You know, good yeah. long-time listener. Yeah, we love you. And hopefully the pair of you put pressure on each other. So I'm the sure keep, they will. The keeping department's sorted. The defence yep. looks solid the defense uh, the, the the attack looks again uh, on paper you know world one class of the best in the league yeah. yeah yeah um on a sad note um we we're trying our last show is next week we're trying to line up the station ceo ted walker for next week um but ted's quite ill yes. and um you know hopefully he'll he'll be with us um but you know the the cancer is um is quite Bad, so we wish Ted all the best. Yep, all our love, and, Ted. And our thoughts are with him and the family yes. in, in this terrible time. But, yes. um, you know, he's done a lot for this station oh. and a lot for, for, for all of us that have had any contact with him. Yep. Been, been a great inspiration to all of us. So, um, yeah, look, our thoughts are with you, Ted. That's it. Keep fighting it, Ted. You got it. Exactly. All righty, we're going to go to a break. We'll be back after this with Aaron Trevathan. <laughs> I'm Rose, a junior trainee at Oswest Fencing and Rotiron. I am the fourth generation of our family business. 
Oswest Fencing is built on 50 years of experience, creating unique fencing and gates and servicing the West Australian community. Let us help you secure and refurbish your home or business with customised materials and automation made to laugh. Ring us on 9258 6822 to discuss your ideas or visit our online galleries at auswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Station Sponsor West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies, and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au 107.9 FM, your local station. Now, as we were saying before the break, um, the A-League season started last night and um, I know someone that would have been glued into it last night watching who joins us now is Aaron Trevathan from the Football Tragics. Aaron, good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? It's actually afternoon for me in Sydney, but we'll say it. <laughs> yeah, but you always get things wrong over there, so, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, look... Great to get the A-League underway. There's been lots of, uh, you know, the COVID shadow's been hanging over everything. The the baseball's already, you know, knocked itself out mm-hmm. for the season. Um, and there's, there's still talk of borders and everything else going on. But, yeah, we kicked off last night. Um, what a good game last night. We, we've got another great game in Sydney this afternoon with the, with the Derby. And then we've got the... Um, the game tonight with uh, Perth Glory playing Adelaide. So an action-packed day um, for what is going to be, I think, a terrific season. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, City kicked off the season with a win for the, obviously, re- retaining champion. So they'll look to push on. Um, look, Brisbane were not too bad themselves, though. So um, the first round's obviously going to be the hardest to predict. You don't know how teams are coming in. Like, a lot of these teams play each other and in pre-season, you see some crazy scorelines. Um, you know, I think there was one, there was, was a 6-3 between Newcastle and somebody, I believe. So, like, it's hard to around too much. I think it's just you got to get those cobwebs out of the way, really. Uh, myself being a Wellington fan, we've got MacArthur on or tomorrow on Sunday, so that'll be an interesting game um, with them taking nearly De Villa from us. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this season. It should be, it should be an absolute cracker. Yeah, I, I think it will be. Um, you know, uh, again, I think uh, Wellington needs to be congratulated. They've taken some hard decisions last year and they look like they're following up again this year just to ensure that they're, they're relevant in the competition, which, um, you know, 
we we talk about the the issues that Australian clubs have with COVID, but you know, they've they've confronted it and. You know, last year worked out for them, and I think they're they're to be congratulated for what they're doing. Yep, absolutely. I think just for when the Knicks finally got to return home for a couple of games last season, they were absolute cracker games. They were sellout. Um, the atmosphere was rocking. So you just see like they've been away from home for what a year or so now, mm-hmm. and mm. when they finally do get to return, the the atmosphere is unbelievable. I think we'll see the same this year. I wouldn't be surprised, obviously. I think I think it might be January or so that they can return, maybe a bit later than that. But yeah, once they start to you know be able to play a few more games at home and the borders do start to open up again, um, yeah, we'll see some some good atmosphere over in New Zealand. But hopefully the derby tonight, the Sydney versus Sydney, hopefully that's an absolute cracker. Hopefully the crowds are back in action for that because it has been a bit lackluster, obviously with COVID, and that, that that can't be helped, obviously with the restrictions, but. Surely now we're back in full swing. You want to hope? Well, and you would hope that there was going to be a big crowd as well. You know, there's there's been precious little sport in anywhere in the last few months. Yeah. So I think last night's game, I didn't see what the what the attendance was, but you know, you you would imagine uh, a Sydney de- derby would would bring out the the crowds. You know, it's always been a a, a big game. Yeah, for sure. I think we'd see. I don't know if the crowd numbers exactly for what last night's was. I don't think it was great numbers, um, but it is hard to fill that Amy Park, let's be real. Um, and tonight, again, I don't know how many like, tickets have been sold or whatever, but I think we'll see a real good packed atmosphere tonight. Hopefully hopefully both uh, the RBB and the Cobra out in full force singing away as well, which is always good to add to the atmosphere. Yeah, I was going to ask about the, those two uh, supporter groups. Uh, do you see do you see that uh, being as intense as it has been in previous years? Um, look, I think the active support's died down a little bit. Um, I, you know, I don't really know how how it's gone about in the last couple of years, but I'd, I'd like to think, positively speaking, we can get back to those. Like you saw, like when the Wanderers first came to the league, mm-hmm. RBB was they were crazy. Like, it oh was, yeah, it was great to go watch the games. I went and watched plenty of games at um, at the old Persac Stadium because the, the atmosphere was like it was like you were in a South American game. Like there was just you know, chanting all game. So if we can see some similar things like that, if we can get the crowds back to how they were and the, the active supports back to how they were, then, yeah, you know, it just adds to the adds to the atmosphere and kind of gets people talking about the A-League more. Yes, and I think COVID's got a, a lot to, to answer for. We, you know, Warren Moon was moaning, or oh, moaning, but saying yeah. last night that, um, you know, they... Brisbane threw it, flew in from from Brisbane for the game three hours prior to the match, which isn't ideal preparation. But I think it's it's a fairly short flight. It's not you know, the five hour trip it would be for Perth. <laughs> so um, you know, half an hour, an hour in a plane isn't the end of the world. But um, yeah, I think some of those other things. Perth have got a horrendous amount of away games after today. I think we don't get to see a home game until next year. So yeah, middle of January, yeah. The, the shadow of COVID is, is coming across the game, and, and until the McGowan government make or give it some clarity, it's going to be difficult to see how we we can change that. And we'll talk to Tony um, a little bit later in the show about his plans or, or he's hoping his talks with government will, will get through but you know the McGowan government's been fairly tight on borders and I don't expect that to change yeah you've you've definitely had a rough over in Perth there especially like like you said you've got one home game and then you're away for a number of games so it's going to be a bit of a struggle um hopefully there's a packed atmosphere tonight especially Daniel Surridge coming in hopefully he gets gets the pitch tonight and 
gives the fans their money worth before that you shoot off um, for a couple of away games. Yeah, I look, and that 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 could be you know a, a good thing because you know we we we've got I think an, an absolute full house. I don't think there's a ticket left, but we'll again find out from Tony a bit yeah. later on where we are with that. But it would be great to see the the stadium full and rocking. The shed has been sold out for the best part of the week, so you know the noise levels will be up. Um, I think you know at some point, even though he's only been training with the the squad for for a week, um, Danny will have to get have to get on the park at some point. I don't think he'll start, but I, I'm pretty sure he'll finish. And um, you know that that just for the the glory alone de- creates a demand that we've never seen before. We've we've brought in some good players. Yeah. You know, we, we even had God playing for us at one stage, and, <laughs> and even he didn't fill the stadium. So um, I think you know this is a. I think Sturridge is probably one of the best imports that has arrived, and and yet he's not played a game yet. How's his How's his arrival being been seen in the East? If this was you know the Del Piero thing just went crazy across yeah, the country, yeah. but it seems to be a little understated. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at it, like you said, there he's probably one of the highest name imports we've ever had in the A League, and mm-hmm. I think if he like we know what Del Piero did for the league and. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think we've really had anybody since then that's, you know, kind of been that, that star man. You've had, obviously, the likes of Bruno Fonaroli and things like that. and Castro, um, Ninkovic, yeah. We've probably performed a little bit better than Joe um, Pierre, uh, really speaking, but they didn't really, you know, they're just not that ticket seller kind of thing. So hopefully Daniel Sarris is that man. Um, you know, he's, he's won trophies where he's, wherever he's been. He's, he's played in the Premier League. He's played, you know, Champions League. He's, he's a big-name player. Yeah. And so if he can stay, if he can stay fit, which has always been his unfortunate biggest problem, yeah. if he can stay fit, he'll bring um, he'll bring fans to state to, to stadiums, come to see him play, and hopefully for your sake, being you know in Perth and also just as a league, the league as a whole, you know scores scores fun really. Yeah, that's what we're after. But but staying fit in a 70-90 to 90 game league, or in some cases yeah. Liverpool, 112 games in a season, including Champions League, as as to staying fit in, what, 28 games um, in the A-League, it's a, different, it's a different kind of atmosphere. And I know, traditionally, players from Europe have struggled with the harder pitches in Australia with soft tissue injury, but, look, you'd hope that the... The lesser, um, lesser hectic playing schedule would help keep him fit. Yeah, and also with the compressed A League uh, A League season, yeah. this season he may not he may not start every game, but mm. I'd like to hope he'd have an impact in every game he, he's involved in. I think it would just I think it would just come down to his mentality as well in a way. Like, yep. is he still the same determined player he was? You know, when he was a bit younger, or is he just here for a holiday kind of thing? But I do think he's going to take it seriously, and that's what we all hope. Yeah. Well, um, so again, look, he's, he's absolutely quality. So if, if you give him the ball, he'll make things happen. If so, if he's determined enough and he wants to be here to get his career back on track, then by all means, we're going to be enjoying it. Everything I've seen about him indicates that he is looking for a Premier English Premier that's League start next yep. season. That's that's his goal, his aim. Um, and whilst yeah, there, there may be this is a, a great country to play football in element to him. I think that his focus is to come in, make people sit up and go. He's got some value and bring him back in uh, to the EPL next year. The other thing for me is, and everything I've seen about him, everything I've known about him, even when he was at the height of his career at Liverpool, but same at Chelsea, is his level of fan engagement. And, you know, 
We've had a, a number of players come through and spend time in isolation and quarantine for COVID. His has been the most entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he found that, Barber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so his level of engagement with fans is, is great. Um, so, you yeah, know, there's lots of good things about him coming here. And then there's the other side of it is that the influence people like Robbie Fowler have had on him coming here because for players of his ilk, very hard to walk down the streets of any major city in um, Europe and not be recognised and not be mobbed. Whereas here, with and particularly in the West Coast, where you know AFL is is the the premium sport, to be able to walk through the centre of town and not have anyone give you a second glance is is very refreshing for a player like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as, as you said, like, yeah, he's a, he's a big star, but in terms of, like, you know, in Perth, they will he be recognised on the street? You know, mostly yes, but if not, you know, he's there to play football and, like, to get his career back on track and hopefully if he can get a move again um, after. But if not, if he, you know, he might decide he loves, loves the A-League and wants to stay with Perth, who knows? Yeah. So who do you, you see as being the, the clubs shaping up for the, for the top four at the moment? It's really, it's really, really hard to, to say, honestly. Like, you look at Victory, they were obviously really poor last season, but then the signings they've made this season, they're looking like that's a top-four squad, you know, with Popper as well there. Yeah. Like, great squad there. Look, I... Do they, do, they, do they click? You don't you don't know. And then, obviously, Perth Glory bringing in Daniel Sarri, that alone can push them far on the table. I'd like to think that Wellington, we've recruited pretty decent as well. Um Sydney Wanderers, like Wanderers, have got a, a lot of players in now, especially with Jack Rodgerall coming in as well. That's interesting. Mm. Um, to see what impact he'll have because again, he's a bit like Sturridge; he's injury prone. Um, but if he can stay fit for a majority of the season, you'd like to think he runs the midfield because yeah. you know there's a, it's a different caliber of player, isn't it? Mm, it is. Um, and then Arthur, they've made a lot of signings as well, so it's a really, really open league, and that's what that's kind of what makes it. Makes it great. You almost like look at a team and they, they might finish bottom one year, and the next year they're back in top four, yeah. and vice versa. Like, yeah. it's, it's one of the most enjoyable leagues, it really is. And I think people overlook it, uh, but there is some great footy that gets played uh, yearly. And yeah, I, I, don't, I honestly don't know who who's a shoe in for top four. I'm going to say Wellington, just being a Wellington fan, I want to say we're going to be up there after narrowly missing out last year on finals. So yeah, I'm just excited to watch. To watch as many games as possible yep. this season, sure. So, with the uh, the game tonight, we'll, we'll have a, a bit of a chat. So, we're not yeah. uh, getting any bias. Uh, Adelaide City, uh, uh, Adelaide United, so Adelaide City. I've got yeah. uh, the FFA Cup on my, on the brain there. Uh, Asayas back for for Adelaide. Can you see that being a positive for them, particularly with uh, with Tommy Urich um, going out of the club? So mm. they lose a, a quality player, and and on paper they get another quality player back in who's going to be that midfield um, creator that they've been looking for. Yeah, I think I think again he's a quality signing, and yes, like he's been there before. So I think he knows it, you know, inside out. Like it's not, yes, it's, again, it's a, it's a new signing, but at the end of the day, it's it's a familiar face. Yeah. So I think he 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 possesses so much quality as well. He's a similar player, like you know the Jack Robwell kind of player. He likes to sit a bit deeper and just pull the strings a bit. So I think that's a it's a massive signing again, getting him back for sure. Yep. And yep. yes, losing Tommy Urich is a bit harsh, but 
I don't think they're going to miss him too much, if I'm honest with you. And and do we see some more of the uh, the European flavour, particularly with Adelaide playing with the, the three Spaniards with one day and, and Diarigo, uh linking up with Isaias? We're going to see a bit more Spanish flair, or yeah, you, or the same yeah, old you Adelaide? See a bit more chemistry, I think, in uh, around that um, team for sure. I mean, Calvert has publicly stated that even though they've got a a young squad, he'd much rather have experience on the field of play than than the, the youngsters. Is that the right way to be going about his season? I mean, it's, it might be too early to tell, isn't it? We'll have to test for a few games, how they're clicking, how they're sitting on the ladder, and then we'll work it out um, if it's working for him. You know, I mean, the guy was the, the, the South Australian youth coach, so it's not like he, he, he doesn't have full knowledge of some of these youngsters coming through. I, I just find it Absolutely. a little bit um, a little bit interesting that you've developed these youngsters at a uh, at a fairly high level, at a, at a state level. You've given the opportunity to play the next level up and then go, well, I don't think you're really good enough now. W- what's going on with that? Yeah, well, I mean, you've, you've seen, like, some of the players that he's brought through, both the Toure brothers, and obviously, yeah. was it, um, which one left, I believe? One of them went to MacArthur. Uh, yeah, um, oh, that was um, Al Hassan. Yeah, so they've still got Muhammad, obviously. Um, but yeah, like he's brought in these youth players, and they're, they're probably one of the teams that have, you know, called up a few younger players, Perth included as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's, it is about trusting them, but I think you do, have, you have to find the balance. You do need a lot of experience in squads, regardless. So again, bringing Isaiah um, Affairs back as well, and then those Spanish boys as well, I think it just helps. Um, the chemistry around the club and a bit of, you know, you need leaders at the club and that's, I think, what they bring. Yep, and so we'll, we'll talk about Tommy Urich in particular. I mean, he's uh, out of Adelaide into MacArthur. How do you see the MacArthur season panning out? I mean, they've got some huge ins. Uh, you know, as you, you mentioned, Davila in there, Daniel De Silva, Craig Noon, with you, Urich in there as well. That, that's some huge ins for that club. Mm. I, I want to go out on a limb and say they're going to be quite poor and underwhelming compared to the signings they've made. Um, but, look, Elisa Villa, for example, he, he's a wonderful player. Like, obviously, I had the pleasure of watching him for a few years at Wellington. Yeah. He, he made stuff happen on the ball. I don't think Urich is going to be the signing for them there. Really? Um, oh, OK. But, look, they've got they've got a, quite a, a number of good players they've brought in. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're still up there again. But, yeah, I, I want to say, I want to go around and limit the they're going to have a bit of underwhelming underwhelming season. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. And um, for me, the, the interesting thing will be the, the, whether Popper can live up to the expectation at, at victory, particularly when he's playing the Glory B team for them. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good work. <laughs> he is. I mean, plan, plan A for, for Popper, sign as much of Glory as I can. You know, it's... <laughs> Those that want to play under that system, there was a yeah. few that didn't. <laughs> no, I know, but he's, he's pulled a few of them in, hasn't he? So that'd be interesting to see. Um, but the, there's a lot of expectation on on the victory, and, and the, the fans there are very fickle and can turn if, if they don't start to perform immediately. There's going to be a lot of pressure. Yeah, well, again, with the Conomides up front, they, they should be shouldn't be lacking for goals. No. Well, yeah, they're definitely a, a club that expects success. You know, every other year, really, and so their season last year was obviously very disappointing. By yeah. Yeah. If that doesn't happen almost immediately, you, like you said, you will see the fans start to turn on them a bit. Um, mm. so they're going to need to start pretty hot, I think. 
All right. Yeah. Look, Aaron, I've got to, to ring Tony Sage very shortly, so I, I need to uh, wrap this up. But, look, we'll keep in touch with you over the season. Um, thank you for being on the show and your contribution to the show yeah. to date. Um, and, yeah, look, I, I, I actually think there's a couple of surprises in the top four, and I think Wellington and Perth will, will surprise a lot of people this year. Won't surprise us. No. Great <laughs> to see you, Greg. Well, thanks. It's always a pleasure to catch up on us. I appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Cheers, Aaron. See ya. Thank you, Aaron. Bye. Aaron Trevathan of the Perth... Oh, sorry, the Perth Tragics. Football, Tragics, football Tragics podcast. Tragics. Yeah, he's... Uh, and look, very knowledgeable on the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, you, you you got all proper football quiz on us there, so it was good. That was it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. That was an A-League special, which, uh, surprisingly enough, Aaron, uh, with the knowledge he has, I'm surprised we get, <laughs> we got to keep him on track for one particular league. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. No, it's excellent. Um, all right, we're going to go to a break, and we'll be back after that with Tony Sage from Perth Glory. So back after these messages. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. The World Football Programme is a community programme run by volunteers. Just like our host station, Radio Fremantle, applies for government grants and sponsorships from year to year to keep us on air. Your support by way of station membership or donation is greatly valued. Contact Radio Fremantle weekdays 94942100 for information on how to become a member or to donate to the station. Thanks for your support. I'm pretty sure that if you listen very carefully, you can hear our next guest in there. Um, good morning, <laughs> sure Tony. Uh, joining us this morning, morning is Tony Sage. Good morning, Tony. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me on. The the dawn of another A-League season. Like you hear the chant, the hairs yeah. on the back of the neck go up. And, yeah, look, we're all excited. Yeah, look, uh, very, very exciting. A long, long, long off-season. So uh, the boys are raring to go. And, um, yeah, I think you'll see uh, a lot of energy uh, on the park tonight. They're just rearing to go. Now, all the news this week has been basically buy a ticket or you're going to miss yeah. out. And, it's look, it's been a good marketing campaign. And I think that having the the Bijou Stadium and, and creating that demand has actually really worked well. How many tickets do you think are left at the moment? Oh, I think there's about... 1,500 to 2,000. Um, we uh, had a big rush overnight. Um, I don't know what the stadium do. We have no control. So last time we had that final a uh, couple of years ago, um, you know, they called a sellout. And uh, a lot of members, obviously, you, know, you, you have to allow for members, yep. uh, didn't turn up. So it was only 17,000 out of the 20. But the government's uh, made the capacity for this game 17. Yeah. Um, so that's the capacity. We've sold uh, about 6,000 tickets and there's 7,000 members with the corporates. Brilliant. So um, about, about 1,500 to 2,000 uh, to, to go. Excellent. So the message going out there is you haven't yeah. missed out. If you want to get on the highest ticket in town, um, get yourself down to the game. 
Yeah, yeah. Try uh, d- try not to do a walk up. If you do a walk Buy up, online. it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a shambles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they're only opening the gates one hour before, so oh. you know there'll be big lines mm. if you do just try and do that. It's just easier online. It's the same price. Yeah, I know. Look, it's much, much right. easier yeah. online. It's actually much easier to commit early, get yourself a membership, and guarantee <laughs> yeah. your seat for the season. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we like. We like members. Uh, you know, I do understand why people are reluctant. I mean, we got up to twelve thousand members the year of the, we won the premiership, yep. mm. um, and then uh, COVID hit, and because of the uncertainty, I understand why fans and members uh, uh, are reluctant. But uh, I think once uh, McGowan um, uh, announces the the border opening, uh, we'll have twelve games uh, January, February, March, April, and none of them will be on the week uh, a weekday. So it'll be all it's really? Friday night, Saturday, mm-hmm. or Sunday. So we've been guaranteed that by the league. Um, so that's when I think a lot of members will come uh, once that's guaranteed. And, and will most of those games be the the night games? We're not we're not going to be forced to have a, a half past two kick off and forty degree heat again, are we? No, no, Fantastic. we're not. Look, the owners now own the league, yeah, and that's, uh, that's yeah. one thing that they put forward. But that just means we won't get a, a Channel Ten TV game because oh. uh, it's a ten pm kick off. Uh, so we won't get that. But look, we said uh, we'd uh, we'd live with that. Yep. So um, they, they they might do a double header tonight on ten bold. Uh, they haven't. Uh, I think they're going to make up their minds today. Um, so that means uh, the Western Sydney Sydney game first on Channel Ten bold, and then ours. Otherwise, it's on Paramount Plus. Yeah, that all sounds very exciting. Just, just how different is it for you operating in a league that's run by the clubs and the media that's no longer run through uh, Foxtel? Yeah, look, uh, huge. I mean, uh, I, I didn't know if you saw the West Australian yesterday. We first time ever we've had a double rap uh, yeah. promoting the game uh, in the West. Uh, that was paid for by the league. Uh, the FFA never did that. No. Uh, We've never seen any adverts on Channel 10. I've seen six this week on Channel 10 promoting the game. Yep. We've never had that before. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, a, a lot more uh, marketing has been done by the, by the league, uh, and each state has its own uh, marketing campaign. So, you know, we don't get the generic uh, a, a game uh, against, uh, you know, the Sydney versus um, Western Sydney, for example, mm. that you would have seen on Fox previously. They just promote that. And poor old Glory, Adelaide, Brisbane, uh, Central Coast and Newcastle always got left off. So that's a complete change. Um, so, yeah, look, it, it, it is uh, difficult, though, in COVID times. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have a good uh, reputation amongst the owners. So two of the owners have given up their home games for us if yep. the borders are open. So the 2nd and the 8th of January will be home games for us against Sydney and Western Sydney if the borders are open. They've allowed that to happen. We need an answer in the next week, obviously, so mm. they can... Um, uh, change all their uh, fixturing around, but you know. So, so ha- having you uh, owned by uh, the owners, we can actually have a bit of flexibility as well. That's marvellous, and, uh, and um, obviously the, the McGowan government weigh heavily within this. Have you been able to represent on behalf of of the, the clubs and the A League in in particular for for the the borders, or is that something that they they've just shut you down on? Look, look, they shut us down previously, but now we're engaged with uh, cricket and with the uh, basketball, the Wildcats. Yep. So three of the sports, uh, one of them dropped off. As you know, it was 
terrible for uh, baseball fans. Uh, the Perth Heat yeah. had to cancel the whole season uh, because of, uh, of of the restrictions here. So that was very sad news. But so the, the government took that in, in consideration, and I hope that with a protocol, I mean, the the team that flies in will have to go straight to hotel, tested before they get here, tested before the game, straight to the game, straight back to the hotel. And, straight, and, and that's what most of the A-League teams do anyway. They don't stay here more than yeah. uh, 48 hours. So um, if that protocol is uh, allowed, um, um, that's fantastic. So yeah. we're just waiting on WA Health now to, to mm-hmm. make up their minds. But it'd be no different for Glory when you go over east that you would do a similar thing. Correct. Uh, everyone's double-jabbed and all those other requirements. Yeah. And, and obviously the professional sports people are tested more than, than most. So, you know, the, the, there's a lot of risk mitigations in there that, you know, no no one wants COVID in, in the A-League or, or any other sporting code. So I think, you know, as an owner, you're looking after your assets properly. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Daniel found it very difficult yeah. uh, 14 yeah. days, but he understands uh uh, he didn't at the beginning. He was told by his agent it was seven. Uh, he could handle seven. Then uh, when he got here, he found out it was 14. And, um, you know, the shame of it was if, if the agent had not said that to him, uh, he would have been here two weeks earlier to get a good two yeah. weeks uh, training with the yeah. team. He's only had one week. But, look, if you've been down the training, I mean, everyone's in awe of what he's done already. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, as uh, Richie says, we don't want to burn him out first game and get no. injured. No. So, uh, you know, he'll get minutes tonight. I don't know how many. That's up to the manager. Uh, and obviously it depends on uh, how the game's going. I mean, if we're 7-0 in front, <laughs> uh, what do you do? Um, Celebrate. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, uh, it, it does depend on what happens. Look, but Bruno's fired up, Andy's fired up. Um, our new captain, uh, Brandon, yeah. is just itching to get out there. Look, we've got quality on the park. We've also yeah. got the new um, uh, Spanish uh, import. He is looking absolutely. His touch, uh, I've seen training two or three times now. His touch is brilliant. Hang on, Tony. Tony um, he's the best uh, secret won't, in the won't league. match the maestro, but, um, you know, he's 31. Um, he'll be box to box. So, um, yeah, look, um, we've got a lot of talent. And, and our young kids, too, the young Rawlins and Timmons. Uh, and, of course, we've got the best uh, goal in the league, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Look, the, the 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 lads that started last year, um, who had been playing in in the um, MPL side, all stepped up, and and people like Callum Timmons, just you know, the, his work rate was phenomenal, um, and I think you know, there's a lot of those guys really flourished last year. It's great to see them coming through. Um, as for the Spaniard, I think he's going to be our secret weapon. No one else knows about him, so don't keep on spooking him, Tony. Let them find yeah. out the hard way. Um, yeah. yeah. And as, I think, as with Castro, remember? Yeah, that's right. You exactly. know, he, he came in and no one uh, heard of him and everyone over East was criticising, oh, why, why are we getting this guy? Why, why, and, we, uh, why do we get a pensioner <laughs> in? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Now, Danny's come over this week. Um, you've spent some time with him. There's pictures of you on the beach. I believe he's had um, trouble dealing with the flies and it was interesting watching his mind unravel over the lockdown period. But he seems to be quite an entertaining person. 
Yeah, very entertaining, mate. 90% of the stuff he was uh, sending out was tongue-in-cheek about, oh, about the haircut. Yeah. You know, and some people just didn't get it. Uh, and uh, some of the nasty comments that came back. But look, uh, look, he's been at the top level for so long. He's yeah. used to it. Uh, he knows the game. Um, he's here to win title. Uh, he said that at the press conference. He said it to me three times. I'm not here for a holiday. I'm here to win the title. I want to get, and, and no secret, he wants to get back to the Premier League. So um, the reason he chose us over the Spanish club uh, in the end was uh, uh, only 26 games. So his body would uh, get used to it again because he hasn't uh, yeah. kicked the ball in anger uh, on the pitch for about uh, 15 months. So, yeah, so he's keen to get back. So, you know, he's um, uh, uh, one thing he said to me, he's not here to make friends. Uh, he's here to do a job, win a title and score as many goals as he can. And that's a fantastic attitude to have. Oh, absolutely. It's what you want out of your, your marquee signing. Um, looked in the paper today, was very pleased to see the inaugural squad also being remembered uh, today. I mean, it's a long time ago, but I remember the game well. Um, 4-1 against Olympic, we lost, mm-hmm. but, you know, that season surprised everybody. I think that's one of the things I like about the glory is the ability to surprise. Yes. Yeah, look, um, you know, we're very proud um, of our uh, history and uh, I don't know if any of the people listening or yourselves went to the um, uh, uh, 25th anniversary launch party uh, at Crown. Um, I paid homage to uh, Nick Tarner and Paul Afkos. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be here today. Uh, you guys wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't for their vision. And uh, he was in the audience, which was fantastic, Nick. Uh, you know, we had our spats back way back, but um, he's firmly a glory man still. Um, but yeah, just to have the the people, we had Mish Davre, uh, we had uh, a, um, a video from um, Birch Danger. So yeah, look, our history is our history, and uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's been uh, up and down. I mean, there's been lots of downs <laughs> uh, and lots of ups as well, with a few titles and. A lot of people over East just forget about the history. And, you know, the EPL started in 92. You don't discount every title Liverpool won before that. So when they put up their titles and that, and they forget glory. So one thing that I've really hammered to the owners is that we've got to recognise our history. Um, And, you know, we have won two titles. um, So let's put them up there rather than... uh, 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 ignore the pre uh, A League era, yep. and and you are the oldest club in the league because the only Correct. NSL side that actually survived right. um, the A League. So yeah, look, it's uh, it's a rich and proud history that no one else can match. Um, today, obviously, a lot going on, a lot of excitement, um, and look, I think you know, you obviously you you split your opinion and and your people have very uninformed opinions about you, but you are first and foremost a fan who's indulging his fantasy. Um, And it's very hard to to take that out of you. I still have an enduring memory of you hanging out of a window of a pub in Brisbane before the game (laughs) singing singing songs with Blaine Treadgold. So, you know, um, you are a fan and that's that's my image of you as, as a person. So you must be terribly excited about today just from an owner's perspective but also from a fan's perspective. Yeah, look, uh, look. The, the thing that I'll get most uh, joy from is uh, uh, the first uh, goal kick uh, from, uh, uh, from uh, the Adelaide goalie oh, yeah. and uh, our shed really going out. I think that sold out day one. So yeah. I think we've got about 2,000 people in there. So that's going to be fantastic. And, you know, I, I never uh, went into the shed when I was a fan. I was just in front. 
uh, with my wife's family, all Portuguese, and we used to go and listen to that every time. So yeah. from 1996, so yeah, a huge fan and... Uh, yeah, you're right. You just um, indulge your fantasy buying a football club. I never thought I would <laughs> when I was just a fan way back then. I had no money um, back then, so uh, it was. Uh, it's been a, a very interesting ride. Yep, Tony. May I ask about uh, moving forward with the um, designated player rule that's coming in next season? How do you think that's going to impact the league, and in particular, how do you think that will impact Perth Glory? Uh, well, look, there's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, some of the owners, uh, I don't know if you know, have been pushing for no salary cap. Yes. Um, and uh, look, a lot of the the other clubs that I mentioned just earlier don't want that to happen. Exactly. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen in three or four years. It's not going to happen straight away. Uh, there's the new two import rule um, uh, that will impact clubs. So, for example, I've got um, Fornaroli and... Um, Sturridge yes. on outside of the cap, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're allowing another two, wow, only between four. the three. So you can imagine Melbourne City, Western Sydney, yes. um, Sydney FC, Melbourne Victory will be able to take advantage of that. But smaller clubs like Central Coast, myself, Brisbane, Adelaide, uh, Newcastle probably won't be able right. to uh, afford it unless uh, unless the game changes uh, dramatically. So you will see over the next two or three seasons, uh, a lot more uh, players, maybe not of the uh, ilk of Sturridge, but similar, uh, maybe, maybe finishing their careers. We've been very, very lucky to get Daniel uh, at basically the peak. If you listen to Ronaldo, he said between 28 and 34 is the peak for for most footballers. So we've, we've got him at, at the peak. Yes, we have. Um, so, yeah, so it will impact uh, the game in, in a positive way, though. I mean, uh, there will be a lot more um, uh, players that people recognise uh, on the pitch from, from overseas. So, uh, But, you know, it, it may have an impact uh, like it has in every other country uh, where you have a top four or five um, and then a bottom uh, part of the league. Yeah. yeah. I think, look, I, I look at it in a slightly different way and I see how that affects other leagues across the country or across the world. Mm-hmm. And I th- work on the basis, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys, <laughs> yes. but if you pay cashews, you get greedy monkeys. And, you know, I don't mind. If, if we're bringing in someone like Daniel Sturridge, who does what he did, it's great. Uh, Ninkovic, Castro, um, Del Piero, there's, there's a lot of players who've come in and have enriched the league, but there's been as many come in who haven't. And I could name quite a few. Yeah, Brian oh, yeah, Dean being one of them. You can name uh, yeah. Emil Heskey, didn't Gallis, do too well yeah. and yeah. got yeah. injured. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I think there's there's got to be a balance. And it's interesting that you, you know, you talk about there being a uh, salary cap because I think recently Aloisi made um, some comments about the fact that most clubs and a lot of clubs he known of were breaching it. There's only yeah. one club been smashed for it, but that's because we're here. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you look at it, the, the league is very Eastern States based. And I think if the Smurfs had signed Daniel Sturridge, there would have been an enormous <laughs> noise. But I don't think he was really playing like blue. Um, so I think there is some of those perceptual biases we've got to get across. But I think the, the quality of the league is, is, to me, signing someone like Brandon O'Neill, who's yes. a very well-credentialed Australian and quality. And I think that's really where the league needs to be looking to develop those sorts of players. Yeah, no, no, absolutely right. 
Absolutely right. And, um, you know, we have. We've got a nursery. Um, I was the first um, club to, to set up an academy. Uh, it was eight years ago now. And we've had lots of good players. Danny De Silva went through it. Uh, Jacob Italiano. We've got yep. uh, now uh, Rawlings has been nominated as uh, one of the top 60 um, under-17s in the world. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Uh, it's phenomenal. So, you know, they've all come through our nursery. Yep. So has Timmins, yep. uh, Bodnar. Yep. I mean, you can just name uh, yep. quite a few. And, and 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 it's good. Some of the players are coming back. I mean, Clisby, yeah. um, he's a journeyman, but a very very solid uh, uh, in the back. So uh, yeah, look, uh, it, it's exciting. Um, the the way of the future though is is developing your your own players, and uh, that's what we're going to continue to do. Jacob Byrne yeah. started that, so we owe him a lot of credit for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, being taken over. Yeah. Uh, greatly by Terry McFlynn. Yes. Now, I suppose that leads me into one other thing that is one of my passions is the the transfer market. Now, the transfer market drives the business in Europe and across the world, and here we don't have it. And with a club that is is breeding good players, we do it, Central Coast do it, Mm -hmm. um, and really there should be, I believe, a transfer market where you can actually then, within the league, um, gain the credit you should do for Brandon O'Neill, for example, left us, went to Sydney, now he's back. Um, but you should be able to get recompense through the Australian A-League oh, yeah. for players that you develop. Yep, uh, that's uh, on the uh, horizon. So yeah. I think that will start uh, three quarters of the way through, if not uh, this season, uh, before the end of next season. So, for example, if one of our players that's in our academy can't get into our squad and Melbourne City want him, uh, we can transfer him. There'll be a point system as well for if there are players that have um, gone all the way through, played a few A-League games. So, yeah, so mm. it'll be a set price system at the at, at the beginning yep. before an open market. But that's uh, definitely on the cards. Mm. The owners have talked about it. Uh, there's a few things that we need to discuss with the FA because they still have oversight, even though we control the game yep. and we own the game. Yep. Uh, they still have an oversight. So we need to push things through. Uh, their board as well. Yep. Tony, may I ask a, a, a question on a different track? Uh, has the uh, A-League W side organised a home ground for the upcoming fixtures? Uh, we're very close. Yes. Uh, we wanted to play uh, where we uh, are now based in Fremantle Oval, mm-hmm. but um, the logistics was just too difficult. Um, so, yeah, that's a shame because yes, that would have been perfect for us. Mm-hmm. So that, that there's two or three alternatives. Um, Tony Pinata should nail something down um, this week. Um, so it's out of three local grounds uh, um, that yep. have uh, basically bid for it. But, yeah, we'll, we'll announce that uh, next week. Good to hear. Excellent. Look, Tony, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy the day. Oh, yeah. I've got no doubt we're going to end up on top because I'm just a blind fan. 6-4. Um, <laughs> we'll have another one of those goal fests against them, eh? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, look, really looking forward to the game tonight. Really looking forward to the season. And, uh, you know, I hope that Daniel Sturridge achieves his, his goals because yes, if he does, we'll, we'll all be very happy people at the end of the season. Yeah, but uh, just funnily enough, I'm more excited about the other end. We leaked a lot of goals last year. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got a potent attacking. We've just got to close that down. And uh, with Clisby and Lackman and um, Ota, uh, I think we've got a good back uh, back line. But what yeah. I'm really excited <clears throat> about is seeing Brad Jones in action. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. hopefully we'll have a, a, a lot of clean sheets this year. Look, I thought I thought Ota was brilliant last year. Oh, yeah. He came in a little too late, and I think he would have... Um, 
certainly cleaned up some awards because I've never seen anyone, particularly at Glory, cross a ball so well. Not since Butsy yeah. Arnas, anyway. <laughs> Butsy. <Yeah. laughs> and Clisby's got a great lock, left yeah. foot. Uh, long, long uh, clearances as well. I mean, I remember when he played for us and... Uh, People over east notice it, and that's why he was snapped that's up. He was snapped. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, it's going to be an exciting season, Tony. Thank you very much for what you do, and thank you for no being worries. part of the show. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for supporting us, guys. Thank no you. Troubles. It's our yeah. pleasure. Thank you, Tony. Bye. Tony, Tony Sage. Sage. Yeah, look, oh. I'm, I'm excited. Oh yeah. I can tell. That yeah. smile hasn't left your face since you. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, he, he's brilliant. Everything he's done for the club, uh, he, he needs to be commended for. I, I, I cannot understand how people have differing views of him th- than I do. I mean, the guy has done everything he can to make this club the best it can be. You yeah, but I, I, I think when there. you read those comments... I've actually I'd... forgotten about Ota. I mean, yeah. th- there's a guy, that, again, under the radar. The guy yeah. is sensational. And he's a gun, yeah. As, as Tony has said, with the, the scouting network they have, people go, who's this guy? Yeah. Just you wait. Just you wait. And with Sardinaro, he, he's going to be another one of those players, hopefully somewhere around Castro's level, but uh, certainly will have that, that mystique that... When he's unleashed, I'll go, who the hell's this guy? Yeah, I must admit, whenever I read those comments that are very anti-sage, um, no, I, I, just, get, yeah. I get the Monty Pythons in my head going, well, what have the Romans ever done for us? Yeah, what's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but law and order, roads. And the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, with, uh, as Tony was saying, they are going to have a triple header on Paramount+, Plus, so the glory game will be on. That'll be uh, at uh, advertised at, again, being that it's Eastern States, the... 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Times, which is kick-off 7 o'clock our time. And the good news is that um, the following Thursday, um, no, Thursday two weeks yeah. before, uh, after that, the Glory uh, W League. Yep. No, A League W. A League oh, W, yep. I can hear him in my head already. That that, that game's going to be on Paramount Plus as well at the same time at yep. 7 o'clock our time against the Raw. Oh, look, I think Paramount and, and Tenbold is great coverage and I think that's one of the things that we've been lacking. Yes. And I think this uh, triple header, the, the 10 o'clock game, although everyone's writing it off, I think the 10 o'clock game could be a racing success yep. purely because... When you look across this country, we, we know for a fact because they, they filled the stadium with 70,000 mad Liverpool fans yep. um, that people will tune in just for the Sturridge factor. Exactly right. Yeah, and I think that you'll, you'll find that they'll pick up more glory games than we think yep. purely well, on the basis again, of that. I'm not going to mention the other code, but I'm sick and tired of, of the fixturing being around, oh, let's make sure it's on after the news on the Eastern States. No, no, let's let's make sure it's on at a decent time yeah. for those that want to go to the game that live in this state. 7 o'clock kickoff, well, 5 past 7 officially. That's a brilliant time. Yeah. And it's excellent to hear that Tony, uh, particularly with the, the owner's board, have knocked on the head those 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon 40-degree kickoffs. That I mean, they were just dangerous health yeah but it, but it was tied into the most important part of it being the foxtel that's, broadcasting that's rights and, yeah and that it, was get teed into their six o'clock yeah fixturing so they could then move it into the uh, into the premier league well let, let's let's focus on our game our yeah. league and develop our league and if it doesn't fit into somebody else's programming schedule on the other side of the world tough luck absolutely no i, I totally agree with you i think that the the good thing about having it on a free-to-air challenge is the accessibility to everybody. Yes. Um, and then for the glory, obviously, the because the kickoff times are accessible, mm-hmm. um, most people don't mind if the kids stay up till nine on a, on a Saturday night watching the football because right. you know it's it's a good good family entertainment and right. enjoyable. Yep. 
Yeah. Yep, family-friendly time, family-friendly show. Get get yourself down there. And as Tony said, uh, try to get it online. Don't don't get yourself in those lines because there will be some frustrations and frustrations lead to... But the thing is, with this, this day and age and, and the portability of the ticketing, you you can be on the train, on the way to the game, on your phone, yeah. get your ticket, and then just walk straight up to the gate, okay. do it off there your it phone, is. and Standard. it's Thanks. all done, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. There's no excuses, and I think the... the Although there is no, I don't think there's a lot of difference in the price, but there's, I think there are some benefits to buying it online. But well, look, at the know, end of the day. Yeah, you, you pay the little extra to do exactly what you said. But the thing is, you don't spend half an hour standing in a, in a line waiting and, and to come what's in. What's going on? And where, then come, you know, yeah. Worrying about where you're going to end up being seated, exactly. you know. Pick a seat, get it on. As Tony said, there aren't yeah. too many left. So uh, if you want to see some quality entertainment, get on that, get on that. Uh, computer device and whilst we dis- we're decrying the amount of away games that the glory have gotten like they're not playing in this state for yeah. another five weeks or so until after christmas eight, eight weeks eight weeks yeah. well the thing is if that eight weeks we are sitting top of the league daniel Sturridge Star- right. banging them in for fun yeah, yeah. um the next home game is going to be even bigger Oh, without a doubt, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. We'll, we'll be starved of our football. We'll want, we'll want to go to the ground. We'll want to watch the game. We'll want to watch the side that's, you know, playing and scoring for fun. So, um, again, membership's the only way to do it, really. And I, I've been a member for a long, long time. But, um, you know, you're guaranteed your place then. Yeah, exactly right. You, you know where you're sitting... You don't have to queue up. No. You've got it there sorted. Exactly. And if you're if you're one of those doubters that it's going to blow over, you can you can buy the, the three or five game membership, and you yeah, know no, it's, there's it's a still available. Option for everybody. Yeah, and it's, and it's still pretty cheap. And the, the cheap is a, a cheaper ticket than buying on the day, either online or at the gate. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Let's go into other news. Um, Sam Kerr still going well. Yes, she um, is. Scored another goal. Got Chelsea through. One in a one nil result over yep. a Swiss side, I think it was. Uh, let me have a double check. She, uh, yes, Servette is, I think that's correct yep. pronunciation, the Swiss side Servette. Yep. So um, she's now taken her goal tally to four goals in four Champions League games. So anybody scoring at 100% rate in any league anywhere in the world is world class, as we know Sam Kerr is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the. Um, Chelsea are benefiting from it, but she's certainly firming herself up yep. To, yep. for. Or been rightfully recognised as the best player right. in the world, and, and I Chelsea, still yeah. can't believe yeah. that the Australian football media haven't yeah. jumped on. No, and she's uh, her, her Chelsea side uh, are in Group A in that uh, Champions League. They're yep. uh, top of the table, three points ahead of um, Joe Montemiro's uh, Juventus. So th- that's good to hear. The, so Joe's still going there, and Caitlin Ford she scored her. Uh, her her second European goal when uh, Arsenal defeated HB Koge, which I'm guessing is from uh, Norway, could be Denmark, certainly Scandinavian. Uh, they they beat uh, them 3-0. Mm. And Ellie Carpenter, unfortunately, Ellie Carpenter's um, Lyon lost 1-0 to Bayern Munich. Mm. No, they're doing well, though. I mean, the girls are doing extremely well. Yep. And, um, uh, Chelsea, also, EPL tonight after the international uh, break. EPL tonight, go on. You've got Leicester versus Chelsea. Yep, should be beauty. Yep. Aston Villa versus Brighton. Yep. Burnley versus Crystal Palace. Now, yep. Crystal Palace are lighting up at the moment. Oh, um, I don't know a few Palace fans, and they're, they're giving it large. But, yeah. uh, and I said, don't, 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 don't laugh too large. You know, Burnley aren't, uh, aren't rubbish. They've been taken no. over by that uh, American, and they're doing the money ball. So yes. the Americans are trying to, trying to use Burnley as we'll find undervalued talent. Stick them in the Premier League, flog them off for a for a premium, and do it all over again. So they're they're not looking to get out of that league anytime soon. So Palace fans, just 
temper the expectations there, you know. Yeah. T- take the 10th place when you get it. West Brom fans would have that every day of the week. <laughs> Absolutely, they will. Uh, Newcastle versus Brentford, that's another one now with Eddie Howe in, at the wheel. And, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, well, no, no. So, um, breaking news, well, yeah. uh, Eddie Howe has tested positive for COVID, so he won't be in charge. Uh, that was uh, about six hours ago I saw that. He won't be in charge. He's uh, He's got a quarantine. If so. it wasn't for bad luck, New- Newcastle have no luck whatsoever, oh, would oh, they? bugger him. We hate him. <laughs> I know that. Look, they're, yeah, so they'll they're be, the Collingwood uh, of the EPL. Yeah, they'll be uh, <laughs> taking a, a charge by uh, their assistant head coaches, Jason Tyndale and Graham Jones. Uh, so Eddie had done all that work, and uh, he says, I'm very disappointed I won't be there with you all at St. James's Park tomorrow. Ooh. Isn't that nice? Norwich plays Southampton. Yes. Watford are playing Man United. Which should be uh, Ole's last game in charge. I've been saying that for the last uh, six weeks. Well, it's going to be soon. You, well, you talk, right. If you talk to Derek Pollock, it's been every week since he's been in there. But, well, you know. but that being said, as Zinedine Zidane said, I'm not interested in, in yeah. coming back to coaching until uh, next season. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, he's taking English lessons. So what do you think that uh, you know, one plus one equals Zidane back to United? Yeah, you never well, know. Well, I say back. And rounding out the fixtures for today is Wolves versus West Ham. Yeah, you'd have to mention that one. We don't like Wolves. No, it'll be good. We could see them get beat. And, and, and then and the fixture of the day is uh, West Bromwich Albion versus Huddersfield Town. The mighty so Huddersfield Town. Tune yes. into that one. Yeah, well, I'm sure you <laughs> no, will. We're, we're having a bit of a rough trot there. We're, we're third in the league and uh, eight points behind top, which is not good. We've um, yeah, a couple, couple of draws there. We're, Put us behind the eight ball, but yeah, but you're in the market for playoffs, and you know, but Huddersfield are in eighth, so that Huddersfield no mugs either, and I think you That's know, right. yeah, all to play for in in the championship apparently. Three points, <laughs> three points needed there by the uh, by the mighty mighty baggies, but yeah, but that's interesting with Eddie Howe. I mean, wouldn't you do everything you could to avoid contact with somebody? But uh, they haven't actually indicated where he, he got it from. But what would you make of that of that appointment in itself? You know. They've they've had the, the the big money buyers come in. They've they've talked about how much cash they've yep. got available and what they can do, and then they've gone into the the market. And we're we're talking about players or oh, yes. coaches like Zenadier, Zidane, who are, are going to be available. And there's been Conte and a few others available, and they get Eddie Howe. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm of the opinion from hearing a, f- a few sources that I have that um, Eddie Howe is the the treadwater coach because. Being that Newcastle, where they are in the league at the moment, you know, second bottom of the of the table, you're not going to get any big signings in January. I agree. And if they get relegated, and you know, second bottom is is not saying they are, but if they get relegated, what big signings are you going to get to sign for the championship? You know, do you want to do it against um, you know Luton on a Tuesday night, or do you want to play against Bayern Munich in the Champions League? On a Tuesday night, I don't disagree with you, and I, I just was amazed that with all the talk of the money and all the players yeah. that were, you know, they were talking about signing in the, you know, Harry Kane and yeah. others, you know, the the big signings. Yeah, and the, but I don't see Eddie Howe being the person to attract. No, him. no. So again, if if Eddie Howe's clever enough, and we know that he is, to keep yeah. Newcastle up, it's likely he's not going to be the coach next season. If unfortunately Newcastle go down, he's odds-on favourite to, to go again. The problem that um, Newcastle have is that Mike Ashley was trying to sell his house for the last 13 years, so he's actually done no renovations. The St. James's Park is in a, a state of disarray, yeah. and the, the PIF, the, the Saudi um, Investment Fund, have got their work cut out. They're going to have to make that, that stadium and, and the, the infrastructure you know, attractive to 
big name players. I mean, yeah. Mbappe's not going to Newcastle if the roof's leaking. No, exactly, and and they probably need to um, modify the English map to show um, <laughs> Newcastle <laughs> where Some, somewhere on the outskirts of London. <laughs> well, Canterbury is or something like that. So it's on, you know, near, near a beach, and you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is near a beach, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a beach as we know. This, you know <laughs> beach as we know. Stones covered in seaweed is not a beach. <laughs> I've been, no, I've been in WA. I've been yep. spoiled with the best, no, I remember the best beaches in the world. When Kerry, my wife, and I went to Brighton, and um, we're walking along, as I knew it to be Brighton Beach. She goes, yeah. "Where's the beach?" I said, "We're walking on it." Goes. This is rocks. I went, yeah, <laughs> this is the beach. He goes, this is rubbish. Let's, let's get off this. Bye, Aquarad in England. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back after those with Greg Farrell and we'll be talking uh, all the things of futsal. So back after these. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials, and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialize in color bond, aluminium, steel, and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au. That's A U S W E S T fencing.com.au. Don't fence me in. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport at all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at futsalwa.org.au or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au A very well enunciated advert there. Is that someone we know, Greg? Uh, I think it's, it's Annie Leyland, my fiance. Oh, I thought so. <laughs> uh, Rep- I don't know. You think it was well done? It was very well done. I like. I actually like your advert. It's really clear, concise. Tells you exactly what you you do, and you know you you actually do what it says on the box. Yep. So you know it's um it's just nice to hear something like that and just go. Yeah, I want to play futsal, even though I'm on the wrong side of sixty. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a league for him, though, isn't there, Greg? Yeah, well, we've got leagues for everybody. So if, if you guys wanted to put in a world football program team, we'd happily accept. <laughs> we know a good we'd, goalkeeper. We'd, we'd be in a league of our own. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so look, futsal always, always like 365 days of the year, really. I mean, if you could, you'd play Christmas Day, but... Um, <laughs> 
How's it going out there? Yeah, b- believe it or not, I do have people contacting me about playing Christmas Day and New Year's You're Day. Kidding. So it, it's a, no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> it's um, it certainly has the ability to be football, futsal, three six five. Um, yeah, everything's going really well. I'm out in the sunshine at the moment in Subiaco. We've just we started the morning with our our fifteens and. Uh, 15 boys, 14 girls, 17 boys, Super League competition. Um, and I've just gotten outside to have a chat to you guys and enjoy a bit of a stroll in the grass and, and enjoy the sunshine. Yeah, excellent news. Um, so, again, with COVID now starting to unravel, is the is the futsal world starting to unravel as well? And is there opportunities now for interstate competitions and maybe even nationally based competitions? Yeah, m- moving forwards, definitely. Like the um, Football Australia cancelled their their national championships um, for what, which was supposed to be held in in Brisbane or on the Gold Coast in in January, just because there are still concerns about what Mark McGowan will do um, if there is a, a hot spot in in one of those locations, um, and I think it, it's sort of. His, his plan that he stated is sort of for February or March will be the the time when, mm. even if there is that sort of a situation, um, as long as you're double vaxxed and you're, you return negative tests, you won't have to quarantine for 14 days. Um, so hopefully the middle of next year is when for us that would be the time we're starting to look at those things again. Yep. Um, I mean, we're starting to plan for everything now, but we, we wouldn't be aiming to do anything interstate in February or March still just because of that little bit of concern over what would happen. Um, but definitely moving forwards where we'll be getting back into the full swing of things with, yeah. with trips over to, to Brisbane and Sydney for different national tournaments and then looking at going overseas. We've been invited to a tournament in Japan and a, a tournament in Spain, which was supposed to be held the last couple of years, but obviously has been cancelled. Um, and then we're also looking at, um, well, we've been invited to a tournament in, in the United States as well. Um, still not sure whether or not that's going to happen because it, it was scheduled for March. So our concern, obviously, still about the borders. Yeah, I think the the, the border stuff is interesting because I think, you know, we we're, we're talking to Tony earlier on about... Um the the A League and and the borders having to open and getting allowance to have a couple of Sydney based sides come over earlier, and I saw some stuff during the week about uh, the Test cricket and maybe the McGowan government been talked into the thirty first of December date. Um, I think that they're probably they're going to wait till after the school holidays before they yeah. pull the pin on the interstate because I think once we we do get COVID into the, the state, and we will. Um, health are going to want between six and eight weeks to work out just how well they can actually manage it. So there may well be a, a new border and you know go back to tier one or tier two um, restrictions. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens once it comes into the state and what effect that has on sport. Yeah, well, and I think it's... Uh, I think... The way the government, the, the state government have handled things has been really good. They've been 
been relatively pragmatic. I think some people will say that he's been far too strict and other people will say, well, he, he's gotten the timing quite right with things. So I, I think until you, you've been in that situation where you're responsible for everything that's going on, I think it's pretty hard to judge. But the fact that we have had such low numbers of cases, we have been really lucky with the amount that we've had businesses open for the most part. Um, we've got to be pretty happy with, with what's going on. And then, like you say, when the border opens eventually, we're going to get COVID here. Yeah. It's endemic. It's endemic everywhere else. So it's going to happen. But I think the fact that he's trying to control it as much as possible is, is saving lives. Look, that's, the, that's, look that, that's got to be a big thing. When you talk to people overseas, as I do and as you do, um, the one thing that they cannot believe is we have not had one locally acquired death in the three years that COVID's been with us. So I think that's phenomenal. And, you know, whatever else people think about what he's done and their opinions on business and health and family contact, the one thing is we've not had one person die from a locally acquired case. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think from his perspective, from a humanitarian aspect, um, that's just wonderful news. Yes, a lot of other things have suffered, including sport, but no one's died. I, I think that's going to change and, and you know, we're, we're going to have to ready ourselves for up to, what, seven or ten deaths a week, um, which is horrible when you, you hear it come out of your mouth. But, you know, the reality of COVID is people die. Um, and, yeah. some of, and some of those people will be double-vaxxed people with, with serious underlying comorbidities. But my thing is that there's going to be an awful lot of those people that weren't vaccinated who will be sitting there on a ventilator dying of something that doesn't exist in their opinion. Yeah. And that's pretty yeah. sad. Yeah, well, and I've... Uh, I've got friends in, in Europe and uh, I was actually speaking to to a friend yesterday who um, said to me that he he's from, well, he's from Britain, but he has contacts in, in Europe and he was looking at newspapers from Europe and he said that there are, are doctors and patients alike, unfortunately, in hospitals in, in Wales and in England who are dying from COVID who are double back. Yeah, um, just because of the virility of the disease, mm. um, and like you say, the the situation with unvaccinated people catching it and spreading it. Um, so, and, and again, those those are all sort of points to towards Mark Gowan's bigger Mark McGowan's bigger picture, which is. As soon as it gets here, we're going to have problems yeah. to keep it out for as long as we can. Look, the convenient fact that people forget is that unvaccinated people shed at a far greater rate than people who've been double vaccinated. So if you're double vaccinated, your chances of sharing that with someone else are much, much less. It's still there, but it's a much lesser version. My, in my own family, my immediate family in the UK, every single one of them had COVID. My extended yeah. family have all had COVID. And my father, who had COVID introduced to him by an unvaccinated carer, died of COVID. Yeah. So, you know, I get it. I understand what's going on out there and I've been personally affected by it. So, yeah. you know, the reason we double vax is to protect those that can't be. Yeah, exactly. And and to make sure, like, ha having having that sort of thing on your conscience, it's the same. We, we had issues with, with trips that we were going to be taking and that we could have potentially yeah. taken. But my biggest message to parents was always that the safety of our people comes first. If, mm. if there's any sort of risk, we're not going to... Uh, 
as much as I love football and I love football, it, it's not bigger than life. And I know it was a Liverpool person who said it, but the the idea that, that football is so much more important than life in a, a microcosm, in a moment, yes, definitely it can seem bigger, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it's certainly not. Yep. Well, if you're not alive, you can't play. Yeah. Now, Greg, <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. That's very true. <laughs> I'd like to uh, have a chat to you about the uh, the recent Futsal World Cup. Uh, Ricardinho, over uh, the last couple of days, has been announced as the first million uh, dollar player for futsal. The guy's got an absolute sensational CV, but I was surprised to see that it was only his first World Cup win. I mean, he's been to, what, four or five World Cups, and to only win it once is just amazing. The guy's been playing for 18 years at that level. Yeah, well, it's one of the one of the difficult things about being Portuguese. Um, <laughs> the, the Brazilians and the Spanish have, have dominated the game for so long, and then Argentina came in in, in 2016 yeah. and sort of caught everybody off guard. But um, I, I met have met Ricardinho a I couple of times yeah. um, in in 2015 and, and 2018. He's a, a ridiculously nice guy. speaks speaks English quite well. Oh, okay. um, we uh, I had a, an Australian youth men's and youth women's team over in in Spain in 2015, and the players will come up after games and, and sign autographs stuff and some of the more high-profile players will duck out a side door and, <laughs> and, 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 and duck meeting people. Yeah. But he, they were all told that we were there watching the game and he came up and spent a couple of hours and actually then like, did the autographs, did the photos and stuff, but then just stood around chatting with the players for a period of time who that, were all just sort of jaws on the floor kind of thing. That's brilliant. Um, he, he was just such a nice guy. Um, and, yeah, he, he is an exceptional player and has been, if not the best player in the world, one of the best couple in the world for a very long time. So but, when you say he speaks English quite well, does that mean that he speaks it better than most Queenslanders? Hey! <laughs> he, he, definitely, he, he definitely speaks it better than most English people. Thank you very much. Well done. <laughs> Now, it, what, it, what? It's, not, it's not the Queensland list. No, no, sure. no. I mean, you're talking to a Queenslander now, Greg, and as, as I know you are, so he's outnumbered here. That, that's well out of order. Come on now. <laughs> oh, yeah. you look good. Oh, I don't mind. I'm Irish, and we, yeah. we love being outnumbered. Cav number go if you think you're so, hard enough, you know. So in that World Cup, Kazakhstan, they, they only don't, you know, a penalty shot here or there. They could have made the final uh, against Argentina, but uh, the, unfortunately they got done uh, 4-3 on penalties by uh, Ricardinho's Portugal. How does a side like, well, a nation, I shouldn't say side, how does a nation like Kazakhstan improve so 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 rapidly? Because as I was talking to, to Tazzy uh, a couple of weeks ago, like you look at the semifinals of that World Cup, Brazil, certainly, Portugal, definitely. Argentina, well, as you've said, they're on the rise. But Kazakhstan, I mean, they just come out of the blue. Well, so Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, a lot of those um, Asian European countries, the ones that are in, well, some old Soviet Union, but the ones that are sort of in between Asia and Europe, they put a lot of money into their football and their football programs. And Kazakhstan have actually had uh, the, the main club in Kazakhstan, Kaira Almaty, they've been one of the top teams in Europe for mm-hmm. the last 10 years. Wow. They spent a, a, a huge amount of money. And because of where they are and their, uh, I guess, their laws, they have a lot of expat Brazilians and 
oh, um, okay. South American. So there's a, lo- a lot of naturalisation. Well, well, we were. Yeah, no, because that, that's what Qatar were, nice. had planned when they first got their um, their World Cup bid approved, yep. that they were then scouted South American nations to get young talent to then become nationalised as Qataris yeah. to, and, to, and, to be and competitive that, that in the World Cup. that happened quite a lot. Oh, wow. That happened quite a lot. The with, French model with, with Algerians. Yeah, wow, well, yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah, because I, I noticed that the, the Uzbekistan, so they only made the round of 16, but an 8-9 loss to Iran, I mean... That's futsal through and through, isn't it? Eight nine—that's a regular scoreline, isn't it? It's—it's it's certainly not unheard of. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit—I mean, it, it's a little bit strange in a World Cup to get that big of a score because you're, you're thinking about it like, was the goalkeepers drunk? Did the they goalkeeper? go out the night before and <laughs> they just went out together? Like, well, we're going to play against each other tomorrow. Let's go have a couple of drinks each. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> But it, because it is so quick, and even like the the international court is is quite big for people who have only ever played on on a small social court. But for professional players, it's not a not a huge thing. So to be scoring goals from twenty twenty five meters, even uh, the, and the, the the Kazakh goalkeeper um, is a Brazilian by birth, and. He's regarded as the best goalkeeper in the world, and he'll come forward and score goals from 20 and 25 metres just because it's unexpected. Is that Ravshan Ibaliev? Because that's who was playing in that one. So is, is, he, is he Brazilian? No, so he was the, the young goalkeeper who oh. came in because, um, and I don't know why, but his name is slipping my mind, uh, got sent off. Oh, okay. In, he got sent off in, I think, the quarterfinal. And so he missed the semi-final, and the young kid played in the semi-final. And he's so they both play for Kairat Almaty, and they're actually the first and second goalkeepers. That's outstanding. Oh, I got, sorry, I was looking at the Uzbekistan. Yeah. Igita. No, yeah, for Kazakhstan. For, for Kazakhstan. Yeah, mm. okay, right. And yeah, now I'm looking at that, that squad. Yeah, you've got Douglas up front as, as well, another Brazilian. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no! Look, and I think uh, it, it says in your advert, um, you know, one of the fastest growing sports in the world. Um, going back to uh, WA and and the competitions that you have on, um, obviously very strong and and growing. Um, I'm involved in a thing called Men versus Fat, which I think the UW. They were supporting. Yep, they've, right. they've just pulled their support, and the the competition oh. we're in will cease as of December the sixth. But I believe there's some moves afoot for Football West to step in and rescue the competition because for a lot of us older people, um, it's actually a very good comp, and and you know factors in that even larger people want to play football and and lose some weight. It's a good healthy way of keeping yourself fit. I, I had my blood pressure done the other day. My my heart resting heart rate was sixty, which is ten less than it used to be. So, I, yeah, I think you know, keeping fit is very important. Um, is there is there any ability or or with you know, you know with, or the uh, Futsal WA to look at doing a similar sort of comp? Because I mean, it plays on the same size pitches and it's very very similar in in competition, but the focus is really on losing weight. Yeah, well, we have actually discussed exactly that. Um, wow. Annie, Annie, my fiance, was actually talking about it just the other day. We uh, have an agreement which we've just reached in the last week or so with the Blind Football Association, Blind oh, yep. Sport WA. Um, Somebody you can play here. You know, that, no, I was, I was speaking with Ryan. Who, that that yeah. would be uh, 
in collaboration with Ryan Hunchuton, yes? Yeah, so yeah. they came down last Sunday to our Mount Lawley That's venue. That's right, they did and, too. Um, yeah. Had their fireside competition. Yeah, yeah. So I was down there with them last Sunday for a little while and we're talking about having them uh, as a part of their build-up towards the, the national competitions that they want to enter moving forward. Brilliant. Uh, having them involved in our in our leagues and then mm. also um, helping out with some, some coaching with some of our, our state futsal coaches. Brilliant. You know, we, we had Miranda on and she yeah. was, uh, when she was... Uh, over here in, in October, talking about making that some sort of a, 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 a coaching tool for her because sighted players can play in that blind competition. They just need to wear the, the mask, as all players do. We uh, had a, a young lad playing her under 18s yeah. who was actually part of the blind fo- state's blind yep. football team. But, I mean, he's, he's sight impaired and, and he, he had a pair of glasses that he used to play in. But um, You yeah, know, these are a blackout yeah. goggles. So oh, yeah. um, you see that when... Uh, the Paralympics when they had their five-a-side competition. Yeah. As Ryan told us when we had him on this show uh, not so long ago, that at the Paralympics you you have to be uh, vision impaired. Mm. There's no two ways about it. But to play uh, at a at a club level, mm-hmm. any any person can play because you you all have to wear the blackout goggles. So yeah, Miranda was very interested in taking that on board to to find out how you could improve your your skills as a player and. Miranda is the as goalkeeper, a goalkeeper, yeah. Without being able to see the ball, because yeah, for a goalkeeper, being able to see oh, the exactly. ball would be pivotal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an excellent uh, initiative you've you've got there, Greg. Mm. Yeah, well, so we um, we've helped out in the past with the the Paralympic group in WA. Mm-hmm. I've got um, a gentleman called Mick Owen um, is one of the staff for the the Paralympic football group, and he's he's his son used to play in our rep sides and he plays over at Mount Lawley with people like uh, Caesar, Aquino and yes. they, they've been big supporters and he sort of come to me a little while ago asking and like we're more than happy to be involved in any situation where we can help within the community so it's definitely a, a good initiative and, and one that we want to help with. Excellent. Yeah, look, and I think anything that gets people playing football is a good thing. Um, but, you know, also it's a very healthy activity. Um, for myself, I'd not played in, in 10 or 15 years, and to get back to playing um, reignited a whole load of other things about the camaraderie, playing the competition, you know, the, the, the battle that the Warrior has to undertake, and then the banter afterwards, and all those things that you, you miss about playing. You know, it's... It's not acceptable to have that sort of banter in a, in the office, but um, on the park, yeah, absolutely, game on. Uh, well, so, yeah, it's meant to be fun, and and at the end of the day, like you say, we're we're going to have have some talk and and have a go at each other, but it, it is meant to be enjoyable. That's it. Oh, it's all part of the pageantry. Yeah. Look, it's really good to hear that you're branching out into other areas and that it's, it is a possibility because uh, the longer you can play this game and everyone should play at the highest level they can until they're unable to walk um, and then, then they can take up Sabutio. Yes, they can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming to Titchbourne Street tomorrow after uh, tomorrow morning. Come on down. We'd love to have you. Yeah, that, that's me now. One knee, some videos. <laughs> but uh, but uh, until you're at that point, yeah. Mount, Mount Lawley Football Club, West Perth Football Club, Football <laughs> WA. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, look, no, that's what I love about this game. We can enjoy it in so many levels and so many ways. You know, there's st- statisticians out there that get off on collecting the numbers. There are people who play Sabutio. There are people who play in wheelchairs. Yes. There are people who are blind, who play. That's it right. is so inclusive, this sport. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Yeah. And all played at a high level. And as I say, if you get the opportunity, jump on board the uh, the YouTube, ha- have a look at that, uh, particularly that Uzbekistan-Iran game. Yeah. 8-9. I mean, it's it's. For, it's within within the first minute. Iran yeah. are up. It's like, oh no, we're, we're in for a fight here. It was just gold yeah. fest. No, it's great. Uh, look, Greg, thank you very much for your time and your involvement in the show and your support of the the, the radio show in general, uh, but also for the work you do out yes. there in in what is the fastest growing sport in WA and and within the world, really. So, yep. um, and you're right at the forefront of it. So, thanks for what you do. No, my pleasure, guys. You have a really good weekend. You too, buddy. See ya. Cheers, mate. <laughs> have a uh, go at a Queenslander. Come on, mate. That's un- that's uncalled for. If you don't like it, go back to where you came from. <laughs> at least it's still in this country. <laughs> oh, no, your girlfriend's a cane toad, mate. Uh, he's a lovely bloke, uh, Greg. That's interesting to, to see that they're branching out into the into the blind sport area there because anyone who saw that Paralympics, the, the, the five-a-side blind football was just incredible. But what a, what a leveller, though, yeah, to, to rob everybody of their sight would actually give those people who've been unsighted for some time an advantage because their other senses are yeah. already enhanced. But... From Miranda's perspective, I can see why she would want to do it because you you've got to yep. use all your senses, and and one percent as a goalkeeper yep. makes all the difference. And that's right. So at, at club level, everyone can play. Yep. Uh, you just need to have the uh, the blackout goggles on, which, as they say, blackout everything, and away you go. It, it's a, it's an amazing sport, and one that uh, I'm happy to see Greg getting behind, and we should all get involved if we can. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree with you, and I think that's um, you know. We should support everybody. I know, like a lot of the equine footing ball boys play and, and women play in local comps, yes. and should do. And I think it's great that we we encourage that involvement. And you know, like I said, we had a, a lad for our side who was legally legally blind, played in our 18s. Brilliant. So you know, it shows you can compete. Yep. There's a, a level and a game for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and look, obviously not the best in our team, but no one had a bigger heart than him. Well, that's all you need. You know. Absolutely. What do they say? Give me someone with uh, with heart, and I'll tr- coach him. Give me someone with talent, and uh, maybe I'll uh, pick the guy with the heart. Uh, look, and the biggest thing of all is, like all of us, and you know, as I said, yeah, I'm on the wrong side of sixty, and I still love the game, and still love playing the game, yep. and I'm I'm very proud to be able to say I'm still playing. That's good health news. You you come out there, mate. That, that that's excellent. Oh, great health outcome, and I've lost weight. You know, I've lost about five kilos. That, so that, that was the outcome. Yeah, and it's not just from plague. It's just the, the, the whole point about the men versus fat thing is it keeps you wanting to keep a food log. Yep. You're, you're watching what you eat. You're drinking water regularly. You're exercising yes. regularly because um, if you don't, you actually score own goals. And if you lose weight, you actually score goals for your side. And whilst the game on the park, you may actually physically lose that game 3-2 or something because of losing weight. You can actually end up winning it. It's it's. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's, I mean, the losing weight is the the major focus of the comp. Playing the game itself is the secondary thing, but uh, well, yeah, let's yeah. hope Greg and uh, but and WA get that on. Well, board. I think football football West for all of the oh, the lambasting yeah. football West get. I think football West are very interested in making sure that this doesn't die out. Um, Coburn City Council, I, I play um, down in Coburn. Uh, the they're also on board. They don't want to lose it because Good. of the health benefits that it has. So I think, you know, again, it, it maybe just needs a refresh in the marketing. And I understand with UWA why they're not involved because obviously the downturn in students and COVID and everything else. Um, but they're keen to hand it over to someone who will take it and run with it. So Well, maybe we can uh, send that to uh, Melissa Gamina. Again, we had her. Ryan Lennigan's all over it, mate. 
So look, and, and look, Ryan got a lot of time for him, um, and Football West do a good job, despite what other people may tell you time to time. But you know, look for me, it's, it's about being fair. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll pull out the things where I don't think they're doing such a good job, but also oh, encourage and, and praise them for the things they are doing well. Yep. And I think that's one of them. So look, they're, they're working social inclusion in football is is phenomenal, and you, a lot of people don't understand or see all of the things that they do. So. Yep. Well, That's she she she's the lady to to have a chat to. She's yeah. uh, the program lead of community at Football West. Um, yeah. We had Melissa on the show already happening. So you know, look, it's good. It, it, it was only that um, Tuesday night was when they, we got the news, and yeah. then on Wednesday they were already you know in action. So I think you know credit to them for that. Oh, good work for the organisers to be All that proactive. Right. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back with Justin Balecki from Albany Rovers. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. Hi, I'm Penny Tanner-Hoth. It's season 34 for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are the longest-running football show in Australia. Morphed from a sports program way back in 1987. The hosts and voices may have changed, but the content filled with passion, news, characters and history has not. The World Football Team are all volunteers, and we appreciate you listening in. 2021 brings a new look with a new logo, website and podcast. Thanks for sharing the journey with us on Radio Fremantle. If you like us, become a member of the station. Find a membership form on our new website, the World Football Program. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Always have a little chuckle when I hear the old polka going there and Penny in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's good. She, no, she did well to get that uh, going there. Yeah, no... Reminds me of Weird Al Yankovic for some reason, but there you go. Um, joining us now from from one of the best-kept secrets in the world, if not WA, um, is Justin Balecki from Albany Rovers. Good morning, Justin. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Um, Good. Been a while since I've been down in, and involved in the Albany competition. I was there, what, 2098, oh, right? I've joined and yeah, is there till about two thousand and two. So um Rovers is a club very dear to my heart. Um but a significant anniversary last week. Yeah, the uh the seventy year anniversary <clears throat> um last Friday night. Um obviously this year being the seventieth year of the of the club, so yeah, big big celebration. It's good fun. It's a, a huge club. Lots of clubs in Perth aren't even fifty years old yet, so seventy years is a is a magnificent <laughs> achievement. For the for the club, yeah, yeah. and yeah, no, big, uh, big achievement. And some of the guys that were involved in the uh, in the club seventy years ago are still around and involved in the club. And you know, players like Andy Walsh, um, who was there at the start. Uh, <laughs> well, nearly, nearly. nearly yeah, no, he looks like he was there at the start. <laughs> I know his dad was. Yeah, yeah. John was. I think John was there a few years after it started, maybe. Yeah, seven years after it started, something like that. So, yeah, <clears throat> a long, a long time ago. 
It was a long, long time ago. But then there's what three three generations of the Walsh family have been involved in the club. Yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty pretty common thing for the club. Um, it's one of the things that sort of makes it pretty special, I guess. Is the yeah the multi generational part. So yeah, we've got John um, John Walsh, then Andy and uh, Michael. <coughs> After that, and now they're you know, their kids have, have come through the club as well. So, yeah, three three generations in uh, yep. for those guys. And their kids will be coming to a stage where they're, they're going to start having some young children of their own, so you'll get a fourth generation of Walshies through. Yeah, yeah another another decade or so, I'd say. And then uh, they might get uh, young, young Larissa, um, Andy's daughter. Um, she's playing a football up in Perth um, in the NPL. So I think she's probably, yeah, maybe another... Or at least a few years away from having kids, but I'm sure when she's got <laughs> in the end, she'll, she'll be down there. Yeah, we really enjoy watching uh, Larry play. She's she's fantastic. Yeah, oh, look, yeah, she's a great. I think she's got a golden boot. She did, like yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, when you know that, when you know the pedigree of them, because uh, Andy and I played together um, both at Forestfield and at, um, at, at Rovers. So um, Andy's just a racehorse, even in his forties and fifties, he was just galloping along. That's where so Larry gets it from. Go, yeah, I mean that girl can run. Oh. Yeah, she's yeah quick, so lightning quick, and what a shot she's got on her! Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Andy's Andy's seventy-one, I think, and he's he's still lightning quick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> brings around uh, some of the younger guys. So, yeah, no, I can remember, and he had a lightning shot on him as well. He was you know, a yeah. cracking player in in his day. Um, so. A lot of guys um, that I know from there, people like uh, Chris Higgins, who was a, a former president of the club, and even though he's a, an Evertonian, I'll forgive him for that. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of a lot of good people involved in the club over the years. Yeah, it's plenty, plenty. It's been good uh, you know, dealing with Chris lately. Obviously, he he was happy to to lend a hand uh, himself and his, his wife Margaret. Um, more than happy to lend a hand with the the seventieth anniversary celebrations. So it's been good. Uh, spending a little bit of time with those guys. He was, I think, he was president for eighteen or nineteen years. Yes, so, yeah, a hell of a long time to to do something like that. So, um, yeah, and it's someone like Gary O'Neill, who's been around the club for a really long time. Not sure if you ever would have come across Gary um, in your time there, yeah. but he's he's been around the club for for decades uh, as well. So, and do you still yeah. run the bingo? No, the. Oh. Um, yeah, it stopped a while ago. Um, oh, that's, probably, of, that's probably after the rules involved in it. Yeah, I know. It's probably after the best bingo caller in the world left you. So, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got tickets on himself today. I tell you. Oh no! Look, it, it was interesting because I got there just after they stopped the smoking in the club rooms, and that, that made a, a massive difference wow. to the how many yeah. people were attending. But it was still very well attended, and a, a great earner for the club. Yeah, and I'm hoping to to try and maybe not do it as frequently as uh, as as um, they used to do it, but hopefully try and do it a few times because uh, yeah, a few people have mentioned it, and I think Margaret was one of the main organisers. Margaret Higgins was one of the main yeah. organisers of it. Absolutely. Um, Justin, to us, so, yeah. can I ask uh, Albany Rovers play in the Great Southern Soccer Association? For those up here who may not know that association as well as you and the people in this uh, studio do can you tell us a little bit yeah. about that association and um and the success that albany rovers have had in it in it yeah yeah so the, the association itself um runs all the senior football um down here so um the junior association run up to under 18s and then um senior association takes over from there um the association has, has plenty of ups and downs like any association yes, does they do. um yep. i actually joined joined the executive committee for that um, from the start of this year, 
Um, so it's been a, an interesting thing to, to learn about and be a part of, but it's, um, it's got plenty of good people in it um, now. It's had its, I said it's had its fair share of um, issues over time, but uh, I think they, they handled things very well through the whole sort of COVID period yeah. um, when things were very, very tricky. So and, uh, didn't envy the people involved in that, but yeah, I think it's, they do a good job. How many clubs are there in the league? Yep. Um, at the moment, well, you get the odd the odd clubs here and there that only have sort of one or two teams and mm-hmm. sort of run their own own little things. But you got um, you know Rovers and Polonia and Cali's that have you know, been mm. around for a long time. Uh, Bay, mm. Bayswater, they've got a club that's been down here for a long time as well. Yeah, um, so there's about nine, eight or nine all up, um, including like Denmark and Mount Barker as well. Oh, good. Yeah, because they were always. Um looking to get into the competition. When I was down there, you had Polonia, yeah. London, um, Tricolore. Um, yeah, Cali's yeah. was always um, our big rival. The day has, has that changed or is is there still that rivalry between Rovers and, and Cali's? Yeah, still still a very strong rivalry. It's probably not as, uh, as bitter as it used oh. to be. Oh, that's um, a shame. Still, <laughs> not, not quite as bad, but it's, it's still pretty strong. I mean, it's probably more... Um, sort of kept on the pitch more than uh, what it apparently used to. There's not yeah. too much uh, that happens off the pitch nowadays. But um, yeah, we, we we finished in the men's um, comp this year. We finished one and two. We finished first, and and Cali's finished second. So um, it was good to have that sort of you no know, tight competition between between the two of us all season. Well, I'm going to say that's a good way to keep the rivalry well, going. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, keep keep it on the pitch is the aim. Now, from a uh, an Albany perspective, and I know um, a lot of the guys I played with played for Albany in the state league. Is is that something that's on the cards? Is it something that Albany would like to do and have a a representative side that came up and and played against Perth sides and brought Perth sides down to to Albany? Yeah, it's definitely. Um, well, they've just started getting the ball rolling on. On doing it as well, it's a it's a tricky one, obviously with the, the distance and the travel and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so forth. But um, you know, they're they're looking at putting a, a team together um, that does represent Albany, uh, a men's and a women's team. Um, yeah. They're in the early stages of it, but there's there's a fair bit of interest in it, which is great. So mm. uh, that start from you know, amateur division four, I think, is the, the lowest league. So um, so for the for the men's that is there um, is talk of a state uh, league state three, three yeah which would be an yeah. ideal avenue if you, you were able to better yeah place to start yeah 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 that'd be that'd be ideal I think um, a lot of the it'd be quite a young team I, I imagine that um, cause I think if you have the best of the uh, the Albany players you'd have a, a pretty strong well, team in the, 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 other, with family stuff, the other thing yeah. Justin is that you when I was there and I don't think it's changed at all is that once the lads get round 17 18 19 um, they get drawn away to Perth for university yes. or for work and if yep. they were living in in Perth and were able to train with another club there's always the opportunity then for them to play for the Albany rep side whilst they were living in Perth. So, again, for them, it would be travelling down every other week to, to play a home game, if you like. But um, it would certainly help keep that continuity because, again, Albany, very strong in country week, um, both in the boys and the girls. And, you know, yeah. you'd like to see that rivalry against Bunbury and them come up through the State League. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. I think we're um, hoping to, to grow that side of it a little bit more. On the on the club side of things, with uh, you know, we we made a couple of trips into the southwest um, ourselves 
um, sort of just as Rovers um, this year. They yeah. played in, in Narragin, um, played a big game in Narragin against uh, Collie Power, um, yeah. which was good fun. Um, made a trip to Dunsborough as well, so I think there's there's definitely an opportunity for clubs to to branch into the southwest and, and make something of that there. And yeah. then obviously an Albany team um, for for the whole town to sort of get behind um, to to travel to Perth regularly. Uh, now the aim is it's, a, it's obviously a long term plan. Um, so wherever they start off, um, you know, as, as as you mentioned, you you do lose quite a few players around that sort yeah. of you know. Once they finish year twelve, a lot of them will go straight to to Perth for university, or they might stick around for one year. So you get that really high turnover. Yeah, um, of players around that age does does make a bit of uncertainty. Um, but there's, there's plenty of Albany people that are up in Perth that can generally help over time. Um, oh, look, absolutely. Moment, they're I trying to get more. It was Andy's association with Ashfield that got me involved with Ashfield and my boys playing out of Ashfield because um, yep. both both of my lads played for the Premier League side when they were, well, the youngest one was 15 and the older one was 17 when they made their debuts there. And uh, I think the youngest one, he, he actually won the league's fairest and best when he was 16. So, um, you know, the, the clubs had some good players come through and... Um, Obviously, you would have had a celebration of your your best and fairest over the the last few years at your at your celebration last week. Um, did you give out any awards to anyone in that? Yeah, the, the we had a few um, you know, semi sort of serious awards, yeah, um, but also a few, a few silly awards. I'm not sure if you ever would have um, played with a, a bloke named Trevor Pocock. I'm not sure if that oh, I know Trevor. Well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he played play for Rovers in the early. Early nineties, um, yeah. ninety-three, I think, was in the, the league-winning team. Um, so there was just a, an award for who had the best uh, best hairstyle over the, the seventy years. So Trevor, that was an example of an award. Trevor and and a very deserving that. recipient of that award, Trevor would be. Yeah, yeah. very much so. So yeah. some, a few awards like that, but um, we we tried to keep most of it pretty pretty light um, on the night. We had the, the club wind up a few weeks earlier. Yeah, um, for for the awards for this year. Yep. Um, but yeah, the seventieth there was just a few little lighter hearted awards. Yep. Um like John John Walsh won the King of the Club Award and uh, Margaret Higgins won Queen of the Club Award, just people that had made such big contributions. And would um, you like to give a yeah. uh, a shout out for the for, for the actual uh, awards to, to, to Mr and Mrs. Rovers, you know, that Tom McKenzie and Deb Guest. I mean yep. it, it's always nice to see a, a club yeah. valuing volunteers and, and the work they do to, to help a club become successful on the field. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was, um, well, the person, even the person that thought of those awards, um, Kat McGecky, um, she, she did about 90% of the organising for the 70th anniversary event. Um, she won Mrs. Rover last year. Right. Um, so it's, you know, there's definitely people that put a lot into it that you know, they realise that you need to reward the people that do they spend a lot of time, um, you know, putting their heart and soul into the club. And it's good to reward people like Tom and, and Deb. Yep, um, mm. as well. I so see you've got a junior volunteer that, award as well. That that's that's very uh, progressive to to actually acknowledge the juniors and and yeah, and, and sure. how how they can help with, within the club and and help them stay connected to the club even at a young age and to give back to the club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It all it all comes back around. Like I said, with that that uh, high turnover of people um, when they when they leave school, a lot of so many of them come back. Albany, and I'm, I'm, I'm an example of that. And there's there's heaps of others. Um, we we do get a lot of people that will leave and, and go to Perth or go wherever, and then when they do come back to Albany, they don't they don't give it a second thought. 
to go and uh, play anywhere else. If they're going to play football, they always come back to Rovers, which is, yeah, that's, that's sort of the whole point of it. And that junior volunteer award, again, um, it's good to reward the kids that help run lines and, and just generally you know, do their bit for the club. It's always, always great to see. So um, what's the facility like now? I mean, it wasn't too bad when I, I went there. It was very much a, a 70s-type clubhouse and a, a main pitch in front. Has the, the facility itself um, benefited from the, the royalties for regions money that's been about? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, we've, it's all been moved um, since since those days. So yeah. It's all moved down the road a bit further, um, so we share share the grounds with the soccer bit, uh, with the cricket uh, oh, yeah. ground. Um, so the, the grounds look uh, immaculate in summer, as you could imagine, getting yeah. them all um, prepped up for cricket. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, especially this, this year, was obviously a big challenge with the, just how wet it's been this year, the amount of rain that we've had. Yeah. Um, the pitches do, do get pretty worn out. Um, the, the grass isn't the best for winter. It doesn't really grow at all uh, no. during winter, so it does cop it a bit. Um, but overall, the facilities are okay. I mean, there's, there's one sort of club room in the middle that uh, really, I think, for the number of people, uh, sort of the only downside for the number of kids. I think there's about, I don't know, 14 or 1,500 kids that play. Wow. And about five, I think it's 570 um, adults that are registered to play um, in our association. So there's probably needs a bit more as far as the club rooms, that sort of thing goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the grounds themselves are, are generally quite good. Um, over the course of the year, um, I think there's a bit more planning that needs to go into, um, you know, sharing the pitches and and giving some pitches a rest for their last the year. But besides that, it's um, you know, the, the facilities are quite good. A little bit less uh, muddy than the old ones. Yeah, um, which is not. Yeah, on the walk across the the car park to the to the ground. You know, it was always from the change rooms to the ground. It was always interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, look, I think there's just with with the money available, you know, some some seated um, or seats for spectators and things would be be good. I know that um, up in Kalgoorlie they've done a wonderful job yep. with with their their stadium, and I know Bunbury have also um, the government uh, help for that uh, one. Yeah, but that yeah. that was royalties for region yeah. money that was doing that, and it seems yeah. that you know that's one of the things as an association you could probably be looking at because um, yeah. you say fourteen hundred children yeah. and you know five hundred adults. That's a lot of people involved. Oh, yeah. In the sport, yep. and how are yeah, you set for, for, sure. for referees down there, Justin? With, with that many uh, players registered, is each game covered by a, an official referee, or, or not quite? Uh, yeah, all the games get get an official referee. Really? Um, a couple of years ago, we used to have uh, used to have linesmen for the for the senior games mm-hmm. that were you know kids that were sort of 15, 16 years of age yep. um, that were getting paid to run lines as well. So we've run a little bit lower on numbers um, the last couple of years to not be able to do that. But there's um, it's definitely something that we're uh, investing a bit more in. There's a, a brilliant culture amongst the, the juniors with, with referees. Um, and as, as any sport seems to have, the seniors sometimes get a little bit uh, too forceful <laughs> towards referees. But, <laughs> no! Uh, Never. Yeah, you know, believe it or not, that does happen. Uh, wow! <laughs> But yeah, the, the juniors coming through, um, there's, uh, the registrar um, and the head of referees for the juniors, um, Jamie Nelson, uh, he does a, a great job with them. Um, and the, uh, the senior association really uh, you know, are putting more of a focus on it, or have already have done, um, and putting more of a focus on it to, to get more referees. That's good um, to hear. Pulling yeah. through, cause 
there's, there's so many of the kids that you know really eager to do it um, and will be very good at it um, over the next few years as they as they learn more. So we're hoping that um, you know, some of that can can show through. Well, I'm glad to hear that um, number one, that the Feder- Albany Soccer Federation is going from strength to strength, and that you've got so many kids still involved and in, and growing in that respect. Um, really, really pleased to hear that you're flogging um, Callies because <laughs> never gets I never get tired of that. Never get tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always good fun. It was good friendly rivalry. I don't know if you ever got that Larry off the pitch, but on the pitch, it was there was no quarter given, and I think that's how it should be. Um, and you know, I have fond memories of playing football down there in Albany with the the hill in the background and, you know, just a very picturesque place to play play your football, yep. even when it's raining. But it's a, a good, healthy um, competition and a good place to, to live and, and play your football. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, obviously, the rain the rain gets to some people after a while, but besides <laughs> that, um, yeah. Absolutely yeah. beautiful place. No worries. Look, give my regards to Chris Higgins next time you see him. It's been a, been a while since we spoke, but uh, a lot of respect for that man. And uh, to all the other rest of the, the Rovers boys down there, um, may we long continue to be top of the league. Um, thank you for your time, Justin. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thanks, thank mate. Justin. See ya. Bye. Thanks, guys. So, Justin Balecki from the Albany Rovers uh, in Albany there. Yep. To... And their women's side did quite well. They, they made the, the Premier's made the... Cup final and yep. the uh, the Division One side unfortunately got beat by Denmark in the Cup final. And the girls' football down there is very strong. Oh, I mean, yeah. Country Week is a big thing for everybody down there. But um, yeah, look, it's a, yeah, it's a very strong. They bring comp. a um, an Albany side, not a Great Southern side. Yes, because when the cricket have Country Club, they bring a Great Southern side. But Albany's uh, that strong. They can bring up an Albany. Yeah, race. but if they if they've got um, Mount Barker and um, Denmark in their competition, which they did, um, the Denmark side and the the Mount Barker side needs to fluctuate a little bit because yep. of where they are. But um, if you've got that competition strong, then to get a federation side up would include all of those players. Yeah. And I think you know, look from that perspective. Um, I'd love to see a side from Albany coming up. Well, like you say, with that yeah. Division Three, hopefully he, he doesn't take the no disrespect to those teams playing in that division. He doesn't take the Division Four amateur route because that's a that's a slog and a half to get from there to State League. Well, it is, and I think yeah, you know, with the State League Three, if the State League Three comes off, and I think these are teams that should be invited, invited, and yeah. looking to to you know. Goldfields and um, and and Greenough and Albany should all be included oh, in that as a, as a means of getting yeah, them in. I mean, again, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, provided they have the 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 available stable team base, yeah, yeah and that, that's why at least an invite to say, look, rather than putting it out to to tender, these are the the areas that we have highlighted for growth, you're invited. It doesn't mean you take up the invitation because of some of those associations well, may not be able I think to. They, no, but I think they should. And I think when you look at it, there, oh, there, is, there well. is money available through yeah, yeah. Football West to assist with travel. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we're going to be spending money on assisting people with travel, these are the teams we should be encouraging. Oh, doubt. Um, if we want the football to grow in the southwest and, and in the, the gold fields, Metro competition yep. has to be on it, and if you can get the best of the best out and playing, mm-hmm. there there has to be a mechanism by which those players can can play in their own club competitions, yep. uh, and then represent yeah, the town. Yeah, yeah, and sure. and I don't see that that's uh, unequal or unfair. Um, 
that their their best players get to play against the best players. Oh, exactly in Perth. right. And as we've seen with uh, when we speak with with Bunbury, that yeah. they one of their major sponsors is a uh, a bus supplier. So that that cuts down that transport cost. You know, yeah. Meet meet at the club at this particular time. Jump on the bus. Away we go. At the end of the game, jump back on the bus. We'll take you back home. That that's a good way to go about it as well. And Albany. Maybe able to do the same thing. I don't disagree with you, and I think you know you you bang on the money there. It's got to be, it's got to happen. Um, so we're back next week with the last show. Penny's putting everything together for that. Um, we just need to also remember um, our thoughts are with Ted Walker, yes, Ted. who's uh, very unwell at the moment, and uh, hopefully is well enough to, to come on the show last week. Um, yeah, massive respect for that man and what he does, but our thoughts are with him and the family. Um, I'm looking forward to you wearing your, your ref goggles playing football because you'd have a set there, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, yes, you know, as Justin said, you can't have a game without the ref. I'll put I know. ref goggles on. But, Definitely. you know, I, I didn't realise that you could actually play a, a sport with your ref goggles on, so you, it's there for you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some things. All right, so we're back next week with Penny. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, this is the World Football Program. Jazz Show will be with you very shortly. Thank you for listening. Bye, all. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.